Liberty Bibbity. Liberty Bibbity. At Liberty Mutual. <laughs> just dub it in. As a struggling actor. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I, that guy is fantastic. Liberty Bibbity. As a struggling actor. What if I came out of the water? <laughs> You take a guy that has a basic foundational mechanical skills and strong communication skills, and how much money can that guy make in second or third year in the industry? I mean, it's really, really impressive. Uh, whether you want to go an academic track or whether you want to come into the vocation trades, um, I think we need to sell the sizzle and we need to explain to them that it's actually a noble vocation. What we find is that you've got to start planting the seeds probably in the middle school. That's really where you got to get to and you've got to find a way to make that happen. Hey guys, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about Epic coming up this fall. We're expecting 1,200 people this year after 800 last year. How awesome is that? Fantastic. That's going to be amazing energy. Yeah, at the Aria. Oh yeah. And uh, one of the things I'm most excited about is we're going to do some of these events live at uh, at Epic. Uh, no cigars because we're going to be indoors, of course. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about that. What people can expect to have this conversation with them in the room. One of the uh, I think great opportunities maybe have some people send in some comments, you know, from this discussion. Great idea. And uh, post, you know, what they would like to hear us uh, actually riff about, and yeah. uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, I think that'd be fantastic if they if they tell us what they want to hear. I mean, not only are we going to be talking about their topics, but we're going to be feeding off the energy in that room. Yeah, you say it's going to be electric with 12, 1,200, maybe fifteen hundred. Yeah, people. Well, we won't have uh, just Andy to laugh at our jokes. We'll have a whole room <laughs> to laugh at our stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be nice. So uh, uh, at the Aria, epic. Yep, we're going to do I think three or four of these. Something like that as a breakout session. Uh, hopefully get a lot of our folks to show up and, and uh, as you mentioned, submit in comments in this video what they'd like to see us talk about. Because we're here, we're talking about what we think is important. And obviously that really is important because we thought it would be. <laughs> Just kidding. But we want to hear from the audience about what they think is important, what they want to hear uh, from, from you guys what's, uh, and what's really going on. So guys, uh, if people want to register for Epic this year, if they haven't already, uh, where, where do they go? Where's the sign up on this thing? They need to go to epic2020event.com. Okay. Make sure that we get everybody to understand that they need to sign up quickly because last year we had about 800 slots and a lot of people didn't get to come because it filled up. And so we want to make sure that everybody reacts quickly. So good advice. Sign up early at epic2020event.com. Awesome, Be there. Guys. I'll see you there. See you there. So guys, here we are in Scottsdale, Arizona. Good to see you guys again. Great to see you. Here for another series of our unfiltered uh, podcast. And uh, as usual, we're gonna introduce the topic of cigars and whiskey and hopefully some stuff that will make sense to contractors in their business. So uh, Gary, before we get started, why don't you talk about what we're drinking? Yeah, this is a McAllen uh, rare cask. So, um... McAllen's got a whole bunch of different scotches. Uh, this one is, I think, probably one of my favorites. So it's, uh, it's rare, obviously. It's and uh, it's probably a price point that's just a, a little on the higher end versus maybe a McAllen 12 or a McAllen 18. Uh, but I would highly recommend it if, uh, you know, for a special occasion. This is a special occasion this. for us. 
so um, hope you guys are enjoying that. I'm actually working on a uh, Perdomo champagne uh, cigar here. Uh, Wally, I'm not sure what you got there. Cohiba, uh, well, maybe? I just I actually just finished the Macanudo earlier, and this is uh, Cohiba. It's not a it's not a uh, Havana uh, Cohiba. It's uh, Nicaraguan. Nicaraguan with, yeah. with Cuban seed. Yep. And uh, but before we go any further, when you talk about this cask, certainly we should partake to see if it's going to be as good as we hope it is. Here's Here, to uh, you guys, my good friends, yes. Wally and Drew. Oh, that's divine. That's smooth. It is like liquid gold, isn't it? Yes, it is. So one of the things we talked about probably last summer in one of our episodes was contribution and, and different ways that we can uh, take our success and give back to the, the people we love, of course, but also to the industry. And one of the things that EGI has been working on, as you well know, you're on the Board of Trustees, I'm on the Board of Trustees, is the EGI Foundation, which is a foundation dedicated to uh, supporting the trades as a first choice for career. Not like, oh, I didn't want to do this, I didn't want, I guess there's nothing else, I'll go on the trades. You know, the reality is we know that you get young people in this business making 100 grand a year uh, for a fraction of the cost of a four-year education. I was watching, I saw on Facebook recently, it was this meme about this kid that went to college for four years and had a party and was having fun and had a bunch of debt. And this other kid that went to vocational school, into the trades, an HVAC trade, was making a hundred grand a year. And there are numerous politicians that want that HVAC guy to pay for the other kid's education and <laughs> pay off the student loans. But that's a whole other story. This is apolitical. So, but let's talk about what EGI Foundation is doing, uh, why it's important, and why should contractors care? We know there's a shortage in the industry of good people, and let's just talk about that and see where the conversation goes. Sure. Yeah, there's a, uh, yeah, I think it's a dual problem, right? It's a shortage of good people in the trades, shortage of people coming into the trades, but there's also an overage of companies that, that, yeah, that don't do things right, that don't play the game at the highest level, and, and if we got if we got rid of some of them and you know, you know constricted the uh, the industry a little bit, um, and that everybody was doing things the way that they should do it, pulling the licenses, pulling the permits, doing the certifications, and, and and doing things the right way. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not I'm not trying to push anybody out of business, but what I'm saying is, is that you know the companies that are doing things right. You know, they're looking for A players, and you're not going to find A players, uh, you know, coming into your business. And if they are, odds are you're you're just getting somebody else's headache and heartache, probably. Uh, so, you know, the now and the future of this industry is going to be dependent upon contractors becoming master recruiters and bringing people into the trades uh, in all capacities, not just technicians, but also in the office uh, you know, spaces, as well as the sales spaces, as well as leadership spaces. And uh, we've got to become We've got to make the trades fun and exciting and enjoyable and, and, and show people that not only can they have a job that they can be proud of, but they can have a life that they love and uh, they don't have to go into major debt through, through college and you know, learn, you know, learn a topic that 75% of what they learn when they come out after four years is obsolete. You, you can take a job in the train, uh, trades, you know, earn while you learn, right? In many cases, not only earn while you learn, be paid to learn, maybe even get your, your tools paid for, and you're, you're making money, 
your, your tuition is being paid for. If not, your tuition is very low compared to a you know, four-year degree or even a two-year degree. Um, but that's the other thing. In the trades, you're looking at, what, six months to a year to get the education you need, depending on the position that you're going to take within the trades. But right. you can get the education within a fraction of the time, fraction of the investment, make money while you're doing it, and uh, you know, be a, a contributing member of society quicker. Because you know, I know a lot of people, we probably all do, right? And even some of our, uh, our viewers know a lot of people who went to a four-year college, got the degree, came out, and, and couldn't get a job. And if they did get a job, it was making you know, far below what you can make in the trades. Right. Well, thank you for bringing up my son. <laughs> <laughs> Took my kid seven years to get through a four-year program. That's my boy. Uh, Gary, what are your thoughts on that, just in terms of the importance of, or the value, I guess, of a, an education in the trades versus uh, a more traditional, maybe four-year degree? Yeah, I think Drew hit on a, a, a bunch of different salient points. Um, I mean, we're, we're sending kids on the academic route in a lot of the high schools. I think one of the things the contractors need to recognize is we need to get into the high schools and we need to promote uh, the opportunities in the trades. Uh, whether you want to go an academic track or whether you want to come into the vocation trades, um, I think we need to sell the sizzle and we need to explain to them that it's actually a noble vocation. Uh, you can support your family and do well. Uh, the second thing that you see is a lot of the schools academically, you know, are, are selling kids on degrees that, that aren't useful to me as a business owner. Um, nothing against, you know, getting a degree, but you got to actually have a, 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 you know, the end in mind. What are you going to do when you get your degree? So if the degree is in, you know, something that's not useful to the businesses that are hiring, I think we're seeing a lot of that. And that's, you know, you're building up this this hundred, $200,000 debt on a student loan, you come out and your degree doesn't have a place. So I think the, the selling message is, you know, in the schools, let's, let's focus on, you know, where you're gonna be able to earn, you know, a really great living. Uh, the, the second thing is also, we, we have a, a variety of contractors. So we've got guys that are startup businesses. You just started up this business in, in Colorado Springs and you're doing great, which is amazing. Uh, but as a startup, you know, you, you need some bodies. You need some yeah. people to function and do the work. Uh, then there's the mid-range contractor, maybe a family business that's second or third generation. Um, dad has made a lot of money. The next generation comes in and they, they need to grow. They want to grow. Uh, they're going to need to support that. We're seeing retirements occurring, you know, from the technicians that have been in the trade. So we're losing that knowledge and we got to replace those, those folks. Uh, and then the third you know, group of contractors, the scaled businesses out there, and there's a bunch of them out there, um, they can support this organically. So um, there's many contractors, including our own, where we have our own school. We have an organic system inside of our company. So I can hire somebody from high school and I can train them for a year, uh, teach them how to be a maintenance tech, uh, give them the tools necessary, and essentially get them on the track. So 80% of the industry, though, falls into the category of either startup or mid-range. So EGIA is supporting that, you know, through looking at the foundation, looking at scholarships, and the things that we can do as members, as EGIA members, is, you know, some of that money is being dedicated towards the scholarships and the training. So um, I, I think the problem has a lot of different places, uh, a lot of areas that need to be dealt with, and I think as an industry, we need to unify and figure out uh, how to do better. And so that's one of the things I guess we're trying to do organically is figure out how to train these young guys. But you got to get into the Votech schools. You got to get into the high schools. Yep. You got to make a, a concerted effort. And EGI is definitely focused on that. One of the things that 
the foundation that's doing it so great is these scholarships to help, you know, bridge that gap between somebody who wants to go to Votech school or trade school or whatever and needs the money. And those scholarships are really, really important. You mentioned my new company in Colorado. Mm -hmm. uh, we just hired a couple of young guys straight out of a, a local, uh, you know, trade school. And, you know, you take a guy that has basic foundational mechanical skills and strong communication skills. And how much money can that guy make in second or third year in the industry? I mean, it's really, really impressive. Uh, you've seen it. You've seen it. Yep. I see it. I mean, guys can come in if they're strong on the communication side. You know, 10 or 15 years ago in this industry, if you were strong on the mechanical side, you could make a living. Now the expectation is you got to be good on the mechanical side and the communication side, right? But the people that can put those two things together, which don't require a four-year education, communication skills can be taught. You teach them, right? Uh, some, some of them are, you know, just innate. People have them with some basic mechanical skills. And, I mean, there's guys out there in their second and third year in the business making 100 grand a year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So think about that in terms of, I'm just going to throw out some round numbers, you know, sort of 6000 to maybe $10,000 to be able to support the funding of a, a, like a technical education. Mm -hmm. uh, and you might spend, you know, on the low end, sort of $30,000, $35,000 on a four-year degree. Uh, you know, my kids, they were, you know, upwards of one hundred and twenty, hundred and fifty thousand yeah, dollars for their four-year degree. Yeah. Yeah. If you're sending them to a school and you're paying for it, it's a, it's a lot of money. So the, they, they, they can be producing eighty to one hundred thousand dollar incomes yep. and not necessarily be in debt. And I think we're not doing a good job of communicating those messages. But I do believe the um, the the youth today is seeing sort of that negative message from the press that, you know, hey, you're out there and you've got this student loan debt you know, why, why are you doing that? And so the, the political message is, you know, we got to fix that. Right. Uh, but I think the opportunity is there for us as an industry to get in and mix it up a little bit. And, uh, and we have to be good salespeople, you know, inside of the schools to communicate yeah. that, so. Drew, I'd like to get your opinion on, on this particular issue, because again, you're on the Board of Trustees for the foundation, uh, which is separate from EGIA, it's the EGI Foundation, a little separate entity uh, to support this activities conversation we're talking about. Right. But there was some research that uh, the foundation did a year or two ago that talked about the impressions that people had about the trades. And unfortunately, it wasn't, it wasn't glowing. But the real surprise to me in the research was that it was the parents that often looked and guided their kids away from the trades. Absolutely. And that's really a shame. And uh, what I'd like to hear about, uh, Drew, is that uh, uh, the foundation has been uh, producing content, uh, in particular video you were talking about earlier, uh, to kind of shift that that impression, that, that perception towards the trades. Talk to us about uh, the foundation's role in developing that content and the impact that can have, uh, not just on parents and changing their perceptions, but how contractors can use that to, to help recruit the right people. Yeah. Um, the EJA Foundation, uh, ejafoundation.org, uh, separate from Contractor University, uh, you know, we, we built that to, to do basically, uh, you know, three things to do some industry research and studies, um, you know, the, to, to give that, that research to the stakeholders, right? That would be the contractors and the distributors and manufacturers to better understand what's going on within the industry. And one of the, the research studies that we commissioned for, well, the research study that we commissioned first was the one on the skills gap. Uh, the other thing we wanted to get into was, uh, doing something where we, 
we could give scholarships. And then the third thing was consumer awareness, right? So um, the thing that we're talking about here today is, you know, what is EJA Foundation doing to help contractors and help the industry, you know, quite frankly, uh, lessen that skills gap? And so the first thing was this, this research study that was done, I think it's called Bridging the HVAC Skills Gap. And uh, it was a $50,000 study. We hired a third party uh, organization called Decision Analyst, who also happens to do the American Comfort Survey for the industry that you get to read about in some of the trade publications. So they went out there and they did uh, interviews with trade schools and high schools and colleges and parents and students uh, of all walks of life. And what they found, like you said, was that the parents didn't see this as an honorable profession that their kids would be proud of to go into. And the kids didn't think that their parents would be proud of them for going into it. Right. So it, was, it wasn't that there was like one party versus the other, that it was like mutual mystification. They, they both weren't on the same page, yet they weren't talking about it, right? right. And, and so that was, that was one of the biggest findings of the research. The other big finding that they, that they came across was that uh, you talk about getting to them in high school, and we certainly got to get to them in high school. You got to get to them for sure. Uh, back to school night their junior year, back to school night their senior year, these kids that are taking a, a gap year uh, as well. But what we find is that you've got to start planting the seeds probably in the middle, middle school. school. Yeah. That's really right. where you got to get to, and you've got to find a way to make that happen. And uh, we did Ignite events last year where we went around the United States, you know, the three of us, and we talked about some things. And my topic happened to be on recruiting. And I presented a, a, a whole bunch of resources. And that content is available on the EGI website. There are the video, the downloadable resources of all the, uh, uh, the websites that you could go to, to recruit and source, you know, talent. But that's the thing is that uh, EGIA is trying to help contractors not look to the traditional means by which of recruiting, you know, for recruiting people. Indeed.com and Monster and ZipRecruiter, you know, those are good resources, but you know, where else can you source talent? Because you're gonna have to look outside the trades and you're gonna have to bring people into the trades. Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs fame yep. and somebody's gotta do it. Um, you know, he, he basically said, we gotta make work cool again. And so we have to make the trades sexy, sex appealing, if you will, to, to where people say, you know what, that looks cool. I can see myself doing that, right? And, and I, I say this with all due respect to the, you know, the people in the military who are there today and have served and you know, God bless them for doing that job and those who've made the ultimate sacrifice and those who've served in the past and so grateful for what they do. But it allows us to do this, right? Um, but how is it that the military in their commercials, their marketing and advertising makes looking you know, at their career, the possibility of actually going and fighting for the country, but possibly losing your life they make that look so cool that people right. go and sign up for that before they would look to sign up for a trade where we make a, an impact in people's lives. I mean, we, we go into people's homes and businesses and we make them healthy and safe and comfortable and energy efficient. And we give them a safe haven in which to work and to live. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if those people can do that, you know, what is it they could do? What can the businesses do? You know, the hospitals do, the, the research laboratories uh, and whatnot do because the environment is healthy, comfortable, and safe. You know, what can a kid do who's in a house that's health, healthy, comfortable, and safe, right? And the home's energy efficient. Might that kid go on somewhere um, and, and, and cure cancer, you know? And, and we don't look at our trade like that. We look at it as though we're turning wrenches, putting gauges on and things like that. 
And no, we are changing people's lives. Yeah. And like you said, you can, you can do well by doing good uh, you know, for people. And I think the trades have not been looked at as a meaningful place to go get that career. And yeah. so I see with what we're doing at the EJ Foundation, you know, go, go download the research report for sure. Look at the, the scholarships. We gave 20 last year uh, and 20 the year before, $2,500 scholarships to bring people into the trades. Uh, you as a contractor, you can sponsor a scholarship. And as a member of EJA, $10, $10 of your, your monthly fees go towards these, you know, these scholarships. So we're looking to bring people in. And the other cool thing that you touched on is the video. The video uh, is a PSA, it's a public service announcement that you can post on your social media channel, you can put it onto your recruiting page, you can share it with the local schools, and uh, you can see it at alwaysindemand.com. And it is a very well done you know, uh, video that really shows not only the cool aspects of our industry and the impact that you can have doing the work and how much you can actually sink your teeth into the work and enjoy that, but the life that you can have. So you, you can have a, a job at the, you know, that you're proud of, but also the life that you love. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Gary. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, um, just, just listening to that whole conversation, I mean, th this really is a marketing problem. Yeah. It's 100% a marketing problem. The military does a great job of marketing and communicating that message. And we as contractors have to accept that this is a marketing challenge. We have to figure out how to not only use the video, but maybe you know, bring an owner and a, a, a service technician, successful people into those middle schools. And we need to sell the message. We've got to start from the beginning and communicate the idea that this is a, this is a place you want to be. This is a noble profession. We are, in some cases, we're saving people's lives. If you're looking at indoor air quality and some of the things that we've seen, uh, you know, people are sick, you know, so sick building syndrome is a real thing. Carbon dioxide poisoning. Absolutely. So uh, we have to just think about how to be better as contractors at getting in the local side of this. Uh, the national side is what we're doing here at EGI. We're obviously going to support that. But as contractors, we need to be better at this. We just have to we have to take this as an initiative in our marketing plan.